0: Welcome to Medically Speaking Radio. I'm Dr. Mark Vaughn. And I'm Larry Finney. I'm a doctor. And I'm not. Let's get started. All right. It is time to introduce Dr. James Dunn, a urogynecologist who comes to us from the military, although he's been in Auburn for 12 years years now. I need to know, though. Do they so uh, as a
1: urogynecologist? Do they practice a different kind of golo- kind of yeah. different kind of gynecology in Europe? Is apparently because here. he is a uro- a He's not uro trash. He's a urogynecologist. Okay, and he looks like Chandler from Cheers. Have you ever <laughs> <laughs> been given twice? Uh, yeah, maybe five times. Which which one was Chandler? You know Chandler, the tall, goofy one. No, I
2: don't. Yeah, I I've been. been. Yeah. And Goose. The one Moose. is not Joey
1: or Ross. <laughs> <laughs> the, the third friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So He's our not third the first, friend, not the real friend. Cheers, the, not the, third, the third okay. friend. Did I say cheers? <laughs> you said cheers. cheers oh God,
2: the yeah. friends.
0: Chemo brain, Betty. Oh, oh, you <laughs> meant you met friends. friends. Okay,
2: and he, Chandler, okay. he heard, Chandler Bangs. He heard right. what you meant. I, I All was, right.
0: I was trying to think what you mean, Woody. And mean? I meant what he heard.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, yes, uh, urogynecologist is not from Europe, but rather uro spelled U R O for urology. So. Oh. In right. addition to being a gynecologist, he's also kind of a urologist
2: for ladies. Oh, oh no, oh, okay, no,
1: no male urology.
2: No Matt Janiga, go see Matt Janiga. Okay, I've done that. So <laughs> I've done that. It didn't it's, turn out well. It's almost time he's for gonna me say, too. It wasn't
1: his fault though.
0: <laughs> Instead of been there and done that, it's been there and had that done to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. We've already done that podcast, so we don't so, need to... So now we we're talking we about we the other try. side. We gave our listeners a choice mm-hmm. with a survey that I put, Kind of like when I asked you, what, what drink do you want me to pick up for mm-hmm. you? I, I asked you uh, with only a minute <laughs> for you to text back. Well, that's kind of what I did with our listeners for what would you like to Important. hear yeah. a, a gynecologist speak about. And we gave them choices of things like the overuse of cesarean section or... Uh, bioidenticals, mm-hmm. sure. Or, what was the other thing I said?
2: Yeah, that those are good.
0: Hormone replacement,
2: HRT is. I know everything. So that up-to-date knows all right
0: how about how about for uh for larry what 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 is the uh of those subjects which which is the one that you want to hear
2: well what what are bio bio identical there we go there's there's our subject yeah that's a good one um it's so like the traditional western medicine you know like the big major companies they have their estrogen and their progesterone um and then i don't even remember how long ago but Probably when the WHI, like early 2000s came out and said, you know, hormones are terrible and everybody's going to die. So, so this is hormones. for
1: replacement therapy? Yeah, we're talking about, okay, so people who so, are going through menopause, menopause whatever. Menopause,
2: transition, hormone replacement. Um, and then they the, there's a, a group of people who said the bioidenticals were better and more natural. Of course, we've proven that's not necessarily true. Um, the answer is... If you have menopause symptoms and they're significant enough, you should take estrogen and progesterone to replace those. In
1: other words, like the real thing.
2: And the real thing comes from animals or it comes from plants. And, um yep, you just need estradiol and some version of progesterone.
1: Well, where do the bioidenticals come from?
2: Probably plants. Okay. I, I don't know exactly. But, but I don't they're not say, that. Th- they, they have that name, bioidentical to... um as a push um, back when the whenever they were saying that you know hormones are, these hormones are bad for you, but which I said that's not true, of course. they came out kind of an alternative pathway, more natural means more better and but they have improved that. And, and FDA's found actually come out and said, stop saying that you're better because they're equal or but not better. So
0: do we actually have uh, studies that have been submitted to the FDA to show whether they're as safe?
2: um yes they've been studied very well yeah okay and um yeah they work just as good um they uh they all trigger the same pathways in our body is what it boils down to so like in our bodies we have estrogen receptors too even though we're men but of course you know women have more and they make more estrogen and so um, there's different estrogen receptors and those are all stimulated by i have always been receptive to estrogen (laughs) nice Yeah. yeah
0: So yeah. why is the reason, if if they're as safe, what's the reason for the FDA discouraging their use?
2: Um, mostly they've just discouraged that you can't say that they're better. So it's basically like cease and desist. You can't say that you're better. Oh, just saying it's better, not, so not bio, using bioidenticals it. tried to create this false market of that we're better than you.
0: Better, safer, better, whatever. Safer, yeah.
2: m- more expensive, of course, because if it's better and safer, it's going to be more expensive. It's like in
1: the store when it says organic, that just means more expensive. At least that's, that's my a, experience.
2: That's a pretty good <laughs> okay. analogy for this. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Organic doesn't necessarily mean better, but yeah. they charge more. They would track your hormones and do some different lab testing that was out of pocket. So it, I'm not a fan of it. I will use it, and I have plenty of women who use bioidenticals, and you go to uh, you know compounding pharmacies, and the ones in this area are respected and well-trusted, and that's who I go to <clears throat> okay. if they do want
0: bioidenticals. But you don't prescribe them yourself? Or? I will, yeah, if oh, if, if the okay. patients
2: aver- ask me for them, yeah, of course. Okay. But I'm right. still pretty much the traditional estradiol uh, okay. medroxyprogesterone, the traditional...
0: The Premarin. 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 Pregnant mare urine?
2: That's where it that comes from.
0: What? Is that what it is Seriously, that's the uh, acronym? You find a pregnant mare and you mm-hmm. get its urine and...
2: It has lots of estrogen in it.
0: Yeah, let's pull the estrogen out of it.
1: Mare is the, not the leader of a, a city... <laughs> but a female
2: horse. Female horse. <laughs> yeah. yes. First, you
0: have to find a city with a, a mayor who's pregnant. A mayor <laughs> yeah. who's pregnant. That's right. <laughs> well, it, it's all how the pronunciation and, works. And Just, as soon as their term is over, the baby's born. Yeah. Excellent. Or when the baby's born, term is over. This sounds like the hydroxychloroquine <laughs> in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no more Sister Stella, please. That's right. <laughs> Look her yeah. up on YouTube if you want to hear her talk.
2: Yeah, but no, I use estrogen and progesterone every day. And, and one uh, distinction. Orally
0: or? Uh...
2: Um, every combo. <clears throat> so if you look at the um, choices, um, oral is the most popular. Uh, they have patch <clears throat> version and they have um, like a gel spray version. Um, and these are all designed for what's called systemic menopause symptoms, hot flashes, night sweats, some of the emotional mood swings, insomnia, those things. If you want um, vaginal treatment you have to do the vaginal dosing so that's a big point where um people come in i'm taking estrogen why isn't it you know why is sex painful why is uh everything dry and so you have to actually add in the vaginal dosing if you want those symptoms to improve
0: so there's some things i'd want you to hit kind of a systematic Mm -hmm. review of a couple of things one is heart disease risk the other one is cancer risk and i believe we're talking breast and ovarian is that correct
2: with um, with estrogen, it's more likely um, to be uh, uterus and uh, breasts, okay. which are Uterine stimulated breast. by okay. estrogen. Now, you can use some of you know we're going back in time uh, earlier. You can use you can use hormones to suppress ovarian cancer risk, but that's a different talk. Okay, that's like birth control, chemo prophylaxis. And then
0: for treating these hormonal mm-hmm. symptoms, there are things that are non-hormonal that can be used to treat them too. They are okay. So I thought that there was a push now to not even use hormones at all and instead use non-hormonal treatments for whatever their symptom Mm -hmm. happens to be, um, unless it's like topical estrogens for the vaginal I mean, the
2: the safest dose, we'll start with that. The vaginal dosing is the safest. Uh, The next safest are the topicals, like the patches and... The creams and the sprays they have, because um, when you absorb it through the skin, doesn't get metabolized, and so you don't have as much risk of um, blood clots. Oh, so you have okay. a slightly lower risk of blood clots with the with the topical, um, and even but even with oral, the, the risk of blood clots and, and stroke is so is still very low, and it's what I call mathematically significant statistically, but not necessarily uh, clinically significant. There's only a slight increase.
0: So talking about um, risk for thrombosis, Correct. which would be heart attack, stroke type risk right. also. Um, there were some studies that suggested that if people took them early on mm-hmm. for a short period, they actually lowered the risk. Mm-hmm. And then other studies that kind of suggest the ongoing use of them increases the risk. Is that?
2: So it's uh, basically if you start, Estrogen replacement at the time of menopause transition because those women are 50 Ish and they have a much lower risk of of those if you wait to 60 years old and 70 year olds like they did in that WHI study that's the women who had you know more strokes and heart attacks and blood clots So it's, it's kind of like a timing phenomenon start when you're supposed to and you can pretty much eliminate that risk wait too late or start after the fact that's when you get in trouble
0: so is there like an ideal window, and then you would stop
2: after a certain number of years? Um, I, so it keeps getting longer, it seems like. like my patients are using estrogen longer and longer. But um, I have that conversation um, at about three to five years and say, hey, stop your estrogen for a week and see if you're still symptomatic. So it, to me, it comes back to moderate to severe symptoms warrant and justify the risk. continuing therapy
0: is there anything to the um the suggestion that the person will go through a type of menopause whenever they stop hormones whether it's their natural or supplemental Mm -hmm. that okay i've been taking my my replacement hormones for three years now and Mm -hmm. i'm stopping and now i have to go through menopause
2: no they've already gone through menopause as far as like the actual timing is 12 months without a period
0: but as far as a withdrawal of yeah symptoms as far as irritability, bloating.
2: And now they can still start to have those symptoms uh, when they stop the hormones. Flashes. And that, that's my markers to tell me that you still should keep taking the hormone replacement.
1: Okay. So you're only postponing what would yeah. normally have occurred or it, occurred earlier. Yeah. Or, or you're saying that they
0: actually won't have if they...
2: If, if you take the hormone replacement long enough, correct, they, you may make it through the, the entire transition. And, and that's, that's the goal is to make it all the way through until you don't need to take hormone replacement anymore.
0: And you say that's getting longer?
2: It seems to be, maybe we're paying more attention to it, but it, uh, the, the average length of menopause seems to kind of be gradually increasing. And maybe it's just from my patients. They're like, you know, I have every range, 50 to, you know, 90 year old women. And I still have some older women where I have to have that discussion every year. And we're like, Hey, is it time to stop your hormones? And they're like, no, thank you. Like, Get away yeah. from my hormones <laughs> and, and, and we're talking
0: like 20 years of hormone yeah, replacement sure. yeah they want to go to their grave without <laughs> right.
1: actually going through the process of menopause okay. well yeah i don't want them to have to of course yeah.
2: uh, some of it goes back to uh w- what you're asking about heart disease and different prevention and does it prevent uh, alzheimer's and the answer is no you cannot use it to treat those to I'm not going to start someone on that to lower their lifetime risk of Alzheimer's or heart disease. There is some slight benefits in prevention that we see, but not enough to justify it like what we call primary prevention.
0: Right.
1: One of the topics you wanted to talk about, and we did this sort of in the pregame. I don't know if any of it got uh, out over the air, but the overuse of cesarean sections. You suggested there was something... um, did you want about to comment couple overusing
2: I can, C-sections? I can give you like the, the uh, eight-year-ago version when I was doing obstetrics. Okay. Um, the answer is yes. We, we were doing a lot of cesarean sections, uh, multiple reasons. Um, when Because of my training in pelvic surgery and leaky bladders and stuff, Like it was for prevention of those problems in their lifetime. So, hey, can I have just a C-section because on demand, we called it, because I want one. Oh, um, other countries are really h- much higher than us. I feel like I feel like Brazil has like the highest that rate in the world, where it's set like eighty percent, ninety percent of women deliver by C section.
1: You know, I, I as a baby boomer, you know, when I was a kid, everybody had their tonsils out. Now I escaped. Mm-hmm. I hid under the bed and I managed to avoid it. But um, and they don't do that anymore, right? I mean, it's it, kids Not don't much. get their tonsils All yanked my kids out. I
2: have theirs. I have my tonsils.
1: Yeah. So, so it, is it? Was it kind of a this this use of c-sections is that kind of a fa- almost a fad thing like the t- well, the tonsils like or i I shouldn't call it a fad. I shouldn't uh, denigrate it that way, but that's what the science believed at the time was was
2: um proper. and it's swinging back the other way. so everything and in, in Mark can tell you in his practice too like okay, we do this now and then five years ten years later we do it differently as things change and uh, we we're now we're pushing to go do less. we we want we want less c-sections we want you know, more V-backs, and and, um, we're moving, like, letting women be induced earlier because, well, this country's overweight, right? So guess what? So the babies are overweight, and, you know, we got the the little fat babies, and so they don't fit in the birth canal like they used to. Because the birth canal does
0: not get bigger as the patient does. No, it
2: does not. Well,
0: it's still small.
1: (laughs) And is the C-section something that the, uh, you know, can the woman... In in uh, giving birth, she's in pain and she gets to push the button that says, "I'm I'm I'm tapping out. Give me the C-section." Is is it an emotional decision mm-hmm. at the I, moment, or are you?
2: I mean, when I was doing it, we tried to make still make it a uh, indicated decision, meaning like um, the stress, the baby doesn't fit, pro- prolonged labor. Uh, okay. some, there's of course some medical and some obstetric reasons where you just do it anyway, like you go straight to C-section if. Mom has X, Y, or Z okay. disease. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so it's not just a Yeah, this is uncomfortable.
2: Let's uh let's go the yeah. easy way. Yeah.
0: What role did um medical legal risk have mm-hmm. to play and in And
2: for for me definitely, because um we didn't even offer V backs when I was working in okay. you know, the what's, what's a VBAC a Vaginal birth after C section. Oh, okay. So because um, it was to, for a small hospital with three OB doctors, you know, we couldn't support that because you had to be there 24-7, anesthesia had to be there 24-7. You had to have all these emergency crash abilities, which aren't sustainable at small hospitals. So you, there, there's always that, that component. And, and OBs are more likely to go to a C-section faster now because of the legal climate in our country, for sure
0: because you're safer to have done the cesarean
2: that we think that so but it's also (laughs) it has more risk too so it's like yeah so vaginal delivery is always the best delivery you know safest and fastest recovery and um so but so So no no more c-sections for me so i'm good though but you're right
0: (laughs) you won't have a c-section
2: i will not hopefully i never have to do one either yeah
0: okay and, and you really don't do, well, you said you don't do any obstetrics. No obstetrics, uh,
2: except for early um, first trimester complications still pop up. Uh, miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies are still considered part of the gynecologist yes. domain. And so okay. I can manage early pregnancies till 12 weeks and then and transfer.
0: So as a urogynecologist, what is the majority of what you do under that title?
2: More than half my practice now is, is exactly that female urology. So, incontinence, uh, prolapse, uh, leaky bladders, even fecal incontinence and in bowel uh, control. Um, and prolapse means um, bladders falling down, vagina uh, falling down, just in, mostly going back to childbirth. So, things
0: actually coming out of the body Correct. that should be staying in. Yes. Inside
2: out. Yes. Like a hernia.
0: I was going
1: to ask, how, how similar is that to a hernia? Is essentially the same kind of an idea.
2: Hernia of the vagina. Support. Okay. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: And then my joke, of course, is whenever, uh, if you have a vaginal delivery, and you're more likely to have these in your lifetime and keep me busy. And okay. Keep us your guidance, so, well-supported, well well-fed. Well gives you work. <laughs> more more uh, incontinence because of the damage that happens at childbirth.
1: I appreciate the fact that the, the great country western artist Tammy Wynette said sometimes it's hard to be a woman <laughs> makes you appreciate them when you oh, hear totally. about you think, yes. it's like man mm-hmm. what do you you know we should keep them nothing but
0: nothing but <laughs> yes, that's a horrible they got nothing okay. but trouble coming <laughs> <laughs> they got nothing but trouble coming. we're, we're gonna be taken off of the air uh whatever the version of that is after i've made that comment <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh boy
1: well, you know what we didn't do was was get to know our, our guest a little bit better. I mean, I know. all we, we did, did was yeah, we hmm. just jumped into stuff and hmm. we didn't find out where he was from or yeah, you know
0: how he how he yep. got into this uh, racket. For the interest of a little introduction, sure, tell us about oh, yourself. Oh, okay.
2: Um, I grew up in the south, so I don't my accent's not as bad as it used to be. It is. I can even tell it's improved. I've been I, here. I say improved. Two thousand three. I've been in California seventeen years, so that'll that'll do it to you. And then, um, but you know, went to. Um, Grew up in south, right above New Orleans. Went to Air Force Academy for college, so that was a good uh, experience. And they paid for med school, which is awesome, and pay, uh, paid for my training uh, to become an OB-GYN. And they even sent me for my fellowship training in Baltimore. So I did my fellowship in Baltimore. Uh, you know, over there. And then, um, yep, Air Force, and then landed in California is why I'm in California still. Because when you grow up in Louisiana, in the South, you hear, you know, crazy stuff about California. And some of it's true, but most of it's not true. So, So, what (laughs) things
1: did you hear about in Louisiana? uh, Well,
2: the left coast, you know, so I I grew up in the, in more right leaning. And so, no, we don't want to make this a political show because I'll, yeah. Um, but now I'm leaning the other way. And so, you know, that's California's influence. And, um, but I love California. So, and I, and now people go, when are you moving back to Louisiana? And, 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 and no, I'm not moving back. Now we'll eventually retire and get a second home there, my little escape home for the winter and the spring, but you don't go home in the summer.
0: No, no, it's, no, it's, no, no, no. Summer's not it's here, unbearable. Yeah. As hot as it may be out there right now. Well, I, I was just trying
1: to figure out what, what kind of myths did you believe about California that have been dispelled uh, since you've
2: oh, come here? M- yeah. M- yeah more, more of just, um, to, everybody's on roller skates I, I, or surfing to, to, and i mean basically like just what you see on you know a t- terrible uh way to base life is you know movies and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh everybody's in california does this which is a horrible uh
1: earthquakes are all you know happening all the time terrible and, perception
2: and you know so that
0: i i have this this perception of what pawnee indiana is like nowadays <laughs> from from watching parks and rec yeah <laughs> yeah i probably
2: don't want to move there either <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we know how they run things well that that has been good we appreciate you joining us talk yes. a little bit about what a urogynecologist does i know we did it before years ago but yeah it's a good refresher because <clears throat> oh, we yeah. have quite a few new people yeah. in our audience
2: yeah i've been here 12 years now so and then i can't but that's the longest i've been anywhere because of my military career where yeah. you, you got to go for three years and three years and then actually moved three times in three years one time which was r- craziness so
1: so where all of you lived military uh
2: uh, college in uh colorado springs um back home for uh med school in new orleans which was awesome and then um idaho there's a small base in idaho then baltimore uh for fellowship and then travis air force base california northern california and then we love this area like i call it the 80 corridor you know san francisco to Tahoe is and then um we love that and that's why we stayed
0: and if somebody said, "Oh, I have urogynecologic problems," I want to, I want to see that guy. How would they reach you? How would they find you?
2: Um, Auburn is good, and then just yeah, <clears throat> and James Dunn um, through Sutter, like Sutter's website. I'm listed as uh, yeah. under James Dunn, and um, Auburn. If you just type in Auburn Urogynecology, thank goodness I'm on the top of that. They'll <laughs> find <you. laughs> that search. I yes. spent a lot of money to make myself pop up there on the top of that.
0: <laughs> so just searching for you, okay?
2: Yes. All right. I'll well, pop up. And then, yeah, we're trying to get fancy and do stuff online now more. And, you know, we have medical records and texting, and then we're trying to, you know, be, you know, 20,020. 20, you know, yes, technology you, you've arrived. We're there. Got some things to make better, but we're doing it.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. Tune in next week. Once again, you will hear Dr. Mark Vaughn
0: say, until next time, stay good health. Dun 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 dun